Hello and welcome to the Surgical Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, the Third Eye Doctor. Pull up a chair and get ready for some candid and uncompromising discussion with experts, innovators, agitators, and influential people from every corner of health and well-being. From inside the hospital to at home in the kitchen, we're leaving no stone unturned in our quest to uncover the secrets of healthier, happier, more successful, and less stressful lives. Thank you so much for joining us, and without further ado, let's meet this episode's guest. Hello, Serena. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Hadir? I'm very well. It's um, I'm 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 very uh, interested about this uh, podcast because I've always been fascinated with with magic, and. Um, it's a topic that fascinates all of us because it's the sort of the unknown, the mystery. And we like mystery, don't we? We do. So what got you started in this sort of mysterious, magical world? Well, I would say it would be um, going back to when my uncle, who was 11 years old and I was about four years old, showed me my first card trick. Mm. And he performed the trick and I really liked it. And then a couple times after visiting, getting together, he showed me how to do it. And I really enjoyed doing it. So I wanted to learn more. So I studied um, books and um, I sent away for a book. That's what it was. Mm. Sent away for a magic book. It was 50 magic tricks. They were real simple tricks to do. And I learned a few of them. Some of them just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I got interested in it. And then when I was seven years old, I did my first magic show. Oh, what was that like? That was very fun. It was uh, in the backyard for friends and family. I got paid. So um, at seven years old, I was a professional. <laughs> and so, I, did some, I, I did some magic. I did some shows. Um, throughout my life, I've gotten involved in it. I've, uh, I, ran, I had a business doing magic for quite a while. And I just... Uh, you know, like you, you talk about burnout. I just kind of felt like I wanted to do something else, so I got involved in business. And then uh, <laughs> I, I was really working with the hypnosis and doing. I'm working full time as a magician mm. at the Safe House Magic Bar, and it's a restaurant called the Safe House in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's um, internationally known. The, and it's a restaurant for spies. You have to know the secret password to get in. Otherwise, you have to do um, an uh, interrogation, which is basically they have to do what we tell them to do and make them do funny things while people watch them inside on the camera. And <laughs> one of the things I do is I, I call that hypnosis skit training because I'm also a stage hypnotist and certified clinical hypnotherapist um, master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming and an all-around fun kind of girl. <laughs> well, yes, you've done so much in your life, that's for sure. Um, is there a kind of uh, coming together of magic and hypnosis? Do they sort of marry together or is it sort of separate? I think they're very similar. Mm. Um, I actually do, I learned this from just from when I was a kid in high school. One of our Students had, a, had he did a uh, a talk 
like a 10 minute talk on hypnosis Mm -hmm. and he had us do the hypnosis and I watched the students following along I wasn't really listening to what he was doing I did it for a little bit and then I opened my eyes because I was too intrigued and I looked around the room and he's saying you know like raise your hand up and closer to your face and I'm watching the kids just do it and that was kind of an incredible to me and I had I was involved interested in the magic at that time too when I got out of high school I went into the military Mm. Um, now I need to let you know also I'm I'm transgendered I'm Mm. male to female transgendered when I was in the military I presented myself as male Mm. and um, like many people do that are transgendered this didn't come about in me. I, I didn't start presenting myself as female until later on in my life. So, so back then, and I had when I joined the Air Force, I did let them know that I was transgendered. And at that time, I I was doing um, aerial combat, motion picture photography. I was traveling all over the world, mm. having a great time. And when I got out of the military. I did a lot of odd jobs, and I eventually, and I wanted to get on to um, doing TV and movies. Mm. And the way I was getting involved in it was doing comedy magic. And as I was doing the comedy magic, I met some hypnotists, stage hypnotists, that did shows on Sunday nights at the, one of the clubs that I performed at a lot. Mm. So I talked to the hypnotist that was performing at the time. He was the first one. And I got to be the MC. So as each one of the hypnotists would come in, I would be the MC and I would open for them. And then I'd sit back in the audience and I'd watch their show and I started learning about hypnosis and I became very interested in it. And what I had realized with my magic and what I was learning about hypnosis is that there's that moment when you're doing hypnosis. I'm sorry. There's that moment when you're doing magic. And it's like you're showing them something and all of a sudden the magical moment happens. One card turns into another. The the tiger appears. Mm. Whatever the illusion is, when that happens, there's a a switch that's flipped in their mind that goes, what? Mm. And it's like a confusion. Um, what What I found out is what they do is what's called a transderivational search where their mind starts going, looking for an answer, but there's no answer to what just happened. Mm. That car was was a, a spade, and now it's a heart. How did that happen? Mm. Mm. So the mind starts searching, and then <laughs> the thing that I found out is if you are talking with someone, I'm sorry, if you do this with the magic, and you make this change in their mind, and they're looking for an answer, whatever you say at that point will be the answer that they accept. Mm. So I would do a magical performance. I get that moment where the brain just goes, wait, and starts looking for the answer. And I say, you know, I've shown this to, uh, I showed this to a friend of mine and he thought it was the most amazing thing he ever saw. So (laughs) the thing is a couple days later, how much do they remember of that? They remember 20%. 20%, they forget 80% of it. And my hope is that I put the emphasis enough on the fact that my friend saw that and he thought it was the most amazing thing. So when he tells other people about the story, he's going to say, 
a friend of mine showed me this really cool magic trick. It was the most amazing thing I ever saw. He had a card and it changed to a different card. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we do when we uh, do sales, when we do hypnosis, when we do magic. We're looking for that moment where they open up and then we can um, help them with whatever they need to do whether it's sell them the right product or show them something that's so amazing that they had the greatest time with it, or whether it's something where they come up on stage to do some hypnosis and they have a blast doing it, mm. feel really good afterwards, or whether they come in for a clinical session and have um, come in for hypnotherapy and quit smoking, lose weight, overcome fears and phobias, whatever it is that they, they want to do. And, yeah. and the way you do any of that, it's very rewarding yeah. for myself yeah. and for the other people. I mean, it's very interesting when you said that you suspend, you're essentially suspending the mind and getting into the, you know, underneath the mind or above the mind, but it's not where the mind is. It's in that sort of subconscious or unconscious space, which is, which is very vast. And then you can implant that, um, that suggestion, which is what it is at the end of the day for the uh for the benefit of that of that person did did you find that sort of magic and hypnosis helped you or made things more fun for you in the uh in the uh, armed services oh yeah um i i would do shows while mm. i was doing that mostly while i was in the military i was focusing on my motion picture photography it was mm. a way of telling stories mm. and um, I'm going to give a really good point here. When we would film, the camera itself was called an Airflex camera, and it held three and a half minutes of film in it. Mm. So what I would, and the film that I was, sh- the film that I was shooting was exercises and events that the military was doing, that, mm. whether they were testing a missile or. Um, they loaned us out to the army, and we would go across um, Europe in the Reforger Project, which is um, an exercise that the military does, where we join forces with all the militaries in Europe. And how I, whatever I was doing, I was had that three and a half minutes of film in my camera, and my thought was, how do I tell a story as best I can? That has a beginning, middle, and end in this three and a half minutes to the point that when the editor gets it, he doesn't even have to edit it. Mm-hmm. He can just send it to the generals and the senators for them to watch what I'm doing because uh, most of what I filmed was top secret things. And um, those are the people that were watching it to make determinations on what they were going to do next with whatever project they were working on. Mm-hmm. And that was my whole thing three and a half minutes to tell the story and people that do YouTube uh, and um, I don't know pod not podcast but well people that do like a blog a vlog do three and a half minutes or even less because from society and how we deal with life we've our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter Mm -hmm. And three and a half minute, if someone someone goes to YouTube and they press something and it says six minutes and there's another one next to it that's similar that says three minutes, they're going to watch the one for three minutes. Mm-hmm. I was doing that last night. Mm-hmm. 
So short little snippets like that, and they'll probably run it twice fast. <laughs> so short little snippets like that are a great way to get information into people's minds, mm. to share with them ideas that you have. Uh, and if you're you know, running a business, share with them your products and services that you have. Yeah, that that's that's uh, amazing, and um, uh, yeah, we need things short, sweet, and and powerful as well. And you know, with with magic, it sort of shortens that span, doesn't it? it sort of makes things instant, don't they? Yeah, and that and with that, we're done. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, now, you're you're a unique character, and you you use that phrase unique fun so how can we develop that unique fun within us um well get my book <laughs> fair enough uh my my book is called stuck selling you and the idea behind the book is we get caught up in who other people want us to be mm. we get caught up in um keeping up with the joneses mm. with being the best looking guy or the best looking girl at the club or at the dance or whatever. Uh, whereas a lot of times that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. I experienced that in my life where I was, um, I was suppressed mm -hmm. as far as my presenting myself as Serena, but I've been here for a really long time and I didn't really come out in the world until, Oh wow. I would say, I mean, I, I, kind of came out to the internet world like back in the ni late 90s. Mm. But I didn't come out into the real world until just a few years ago. Mm. And I mean, there's that saying, um, you know, living in the closet, I came out of the closet. And I haven't fully done that yet either with like a lot of people that I know still, <laughs> like high school friends. Mm. So I'm still in the process of developing myself and building up who I am to present myself to other people. And while I'm doing that, I'm sharing things that I've learned uh, through my book, Stuck Selling You. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the examples is how do you change? So how do you do the change from being stuck selling you to just being you and promoting who you are and getting along with people from just being truthful and being who you are? So I have eight steps that you can go through in my book that make that happen. And those are skills that I've learned from doing my sales and doing um, the neuro-linguistic programming mm. and taking ideas from um, hypnotic language so that you can just take uh, – it's basically eight steps, four steps mm. set it all up, and then it's repetitively doing the last four steps over and over. It's just making it easier because, I mean, I'm still kind of coming out of my closet, you know, and um, it's sort of easier the more times you do it in front of people. You would have never done it before, if you know what I mean. Oh. And um, and it it is a repetitive process until you get yeah. that total confidence to be and your you know, total there, self. And there are people out there that um, have been there... To have been themselves or coming from their true self since they were since they were young yeah. uh, my one of my former roommates she 
was able to be herself and her mom let her be herself since she was a young girl. Yeah. Whereas, whereas um, my parents, they suppressed me. My, uh, I guess I'll say this. Um, when my mom was on her last couple weeks, I let her know that I'm still, um, I still have this where I need to express my femininity, mm. and she couldn't accept it. Mm. Mm. That was from her her um, upbringing, mm. and mm. you know it kind of hurt me because she was one of the, she was my mom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom wasn't giving me the unconditional love I had heard of about all the, all these years, but. I understand that that was her and that's how she is. I was also told where I'm working right now, um, the gentleman that founded the company, if he would have known, if I would have come in there as Serena to work with him, he probably would have said no. But that was back in the 70s, 80s, whatever. Back before, I don't know, being transgendered was acceptable yeah yeah i mean change is difficult change is difficult for everyone and 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 some people embrace it quicker than others and also greater change as well and um right i I know there's parts of the world i can't do this mm, i can't mm. be serena Mm, mm, mm. i would be attacked Mm, mm. so Having dialogues like this does does help. It you know just allows people to sort of be in that space and to have this conversation and to have this uh, permission to um, to allow us to be ourselves. I mean, from my perspective, coming from a very religious background, you know, uh, just talking about these things would have been an absolute no no. But sure. now things are changing, and I'm very positive about the future, which is the main thing. And you know, having that sort of positive mindset, which you're a great fan of, um, yes. and sort of moving forward and um, looking at the bright side. It sounds very cliche, and it sounds very uh, overused, but um, you know, with all the negativity and all the bad things that go on in the world, the flip side is there's also so much positivity going on out there. Um, uh, for your final message, what's sort of what's your positive message? to the world out there for the people who are um you know what wanting to be themselves and wanting to change and are holding themselves back well i would say find an anchor that you can attach yourself to that will keep you steady on your course Mm. that will as far as i'm as far as what i'm talking about with anchor it's I'll give you an example. When I work at the safe house, I'm at a bar. I get rowdy drunks. <laughs> mm. I get I get kids. I I'm performing magic for the kids at a bar. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> so I have all different kinds of people that are there, and I have people that are hecklers and they come at me and they say things that may would upset most people I guess Mm. but what I do is I focus from my agent name Uh, working at the spy bar we all have secret agent names so my secret agent name is agent love 
And what that does is that reminds me that I should be coming from love when I'm talking with other people. And, you know, if someone listening to this wants to borrow my anchor, which is coming from love, and how I call myself, call yourself agent love. Be an agent of love. But find yourself an anchor, uh, like if it's confidence, what would be an anchor to being more confident? Um, Like straightening your tie. Each time you straighten your tie, you're making yourself more confident. You fix your cuffs. That makes you feel more confident. Whatever it is, a physical anchor that makes you help you understand and accept the goal that you're shooting for, the thing that you want to move towards. Mm -hmm. And I would say that would be it. Just focus on one thing at one time to make a change on it. And once it starts changing, then you can think about something else. Wonderful. That That's absolutely great. Thank you so much, Serena. It's been a great pleasure speaking to you. And I uh, look forward to see, seeing you again soon. Thank you, Hyder. It was very wonderful talking with you. Everyone have a great time. Enjoy. And as I say at the magic, uh, at, the, at the safe house, um, good luck on your missions, agents. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Surgical Spirit Podcast. For all the latest in the world of Surgical Spirit, don't forget to follow on Twitter at The Third Eye Doc and catch me on Facebook at the page The Third Eye Doctor. You can visit the website at www.thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk for more information on the work that I do. And please send us feedback and questions and suggestions for the podcast. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I've been Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, and I'll see you next time.